Hello, everybody, and welcome back to DecimalProds.com comic book podcast. As always, I'm dead. You know we got Birdie? Well, I guess it always comes back to blackface. And Nico? <laughs> I don't know how to follow up that comment. It's relevant, but I should have expected Birdie to do that. <laughs> there is a good joke about it in this, though. <laughs> we'll say about how, how it's wrong, though. Yeah. <laughs> But they used it well. <laughs> yeah, so hey, we couldn't think of a fucking thing to talk about. And I just threw out, hey, what about Quantum and Woody? And no one can think of anything better, so yeah, we're doing that. And I was curious about this book because I'm not much of a Valiant person, but this is one of the few Valiant titles that stuck in my head alongside mm. uh, Archer and something. Archer and Armstrong. Ar- Archer and Armstrong. Yeah, yeah it's stuck, it stuck in my head alongside that fucking other thing. What's it called? Yeah, I didn't mean for that joke to happen, but <laughs> it I, just happened naturally. It, yeah. what, what's funny funny about that is it kind of has a similar tone to this in terms of like the, the they even had a crossover these two books mm-hmm. at one point because the characters are kind of similar. One's an idiot and one's the you know more capable one out of the two of them, right? Yeah, and this was kind of part of the like valiant like like i'm pretty sure like with this valiant was like going all right so yeah we're coming back we're doing new shit let's fucking build our universe it was like this uh fucking archer and armstrong like harbingers exo man of war was faith around this period or no uh, faith was introduced later. faith was introduced in harbingers yeah okay. so that came later but this was part of like the first wave of like valiant titles um, that kind of when they had come back as a company and Quantum, Quantum Woody actually has like a, a, a history also back in the day with the original Valiant with Christopher Priest actually being the writer on that at the time. Oh, like that Christopher was, Priest. Yeah, yeah. So that was one of the books he had, he had written that I guess was, uh, that people had always said was a good run of Valiant comics for back then. Yeah. So I guess we'd also say like, we're not doing that run. No, we are doing specifically the rebooted 2013 run. Uh, written, yeah, written by uh, James Asmus, uh, drawn by Tom Fowler, and uh, colored by Jordi Belair. It's a good team. Yeah, well, I, I'm not really familiar with Asmus all that much, to be honest. But yeah, same. Um, but like this was, yeah. this was solid. Like no, art wise, like art wise, writing wise, coloring wise, I think it all holds up. It's just a matter of whether or not you like the humor. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the weird. That's I guess I was going to get to that as soon as we can before we actually start into it. It's just that. I guess if I divorce myself from the, I'm not necessarily a fan of this type of humor most of the time. For this type of humor, it's actually fairly well written. Yeah. Well, well, that's the well, that's the thing. And to Dead's point, I think like him saying that, that's exactly how I feel about the book as well. And I think I've read this once previous to this re- uh, uh, reading right now. I, I think I re- had read the first trade before, and I didn't stick with it. And I don't know if I loved it before all that much, but going into it this time, um, even if you're not a fan of the humor, it actually has a pretty solid story behind it. Like you said, the writing holds up. Like even if you're not a fan of the humor, yeah, well, there's most- still a lo- there's still some good stuff to grasp onto though throughout yeah. the plot. Like, yeah. Like, I think the emotional core leans on some cliches that I'm not fond of, but uh, we'll get to that as we talk about the story. Yeah, I, do I think it overall works, which at first I wasn't sure I was going to say. Yeah, I remember like back when Valiant started like doing this. This was like 
what, right when I was starting to get into comics for serious. Yeah. And I think Quantum of Woody was the one I lasted the longest on. Okay. Like, it, I think it was Quantum and Woody and then Harbingers. Right. I read um, my history of Valley around this time. I read a bunch of Archer and Armstrong. I think I read the first trade of this, maybe the first trade of uh, Harbinger. Um, I really liked um, Jeff Lemire came on Bloodshot, but that was after the initial wave of Bloodshot. Exo Manowar was my yeah, favorite. Exo Manowar was my favorite out of all of them, actually. That I read the whole thing. Exo Manowar, I never got into because I, like, I, it was, it was solely judging a book by its cover. No, that it was pretty fucking good, actually. I I still have all the trades it, of the Robert Venditti run, um, the first initial run from like the this time period. Uh, it, it's basically Conan in an Iron Man suit. Like, let me just be honest, it is <laughs> like it's it, it. That's what it is. But like, it's actually it was actually a I mean, pretty solid series. That doesn't sound like a terrible idea. It does not. What was it no. like? Was it like set in like you know like like more? medieval like, was it like savage was it times like futuristic fantasy just with barbarian politics or was it just the one barbarian it, it was basically he was in his like homeland and i think it was from uh, i think it was from another time period like before like he said like more in like medieval times or something like that and basically this armor this technology came to him and he ended up getting the armor and putting it on and and through that he's trying to like advances like he was trying to help like his people like um, like in their in the advancement of their culture by like using this like you know like this uh, you know this basically this gift from the gods essentially yeah and then something uh. happens and I think he ends up coming to present day time or something from what I can recall um, yeah, okay I don't, that I, makes sense yeah that, anyways but honestly it's, it's honestly good. him coming in modern times makes it less interesting I mean it makes it less interesting but at the same time it, if you have a a medieval knight basic a medieval barbarian with Iron Man armor, unless you introduce magic, there's not much you can really do with the past that's going to be interesting because he's basically unstoppable. Yeah, kind of. At that point, he's an isekai protagonist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's like but, that one. Uh, it's like the one. Uh, he's got like the Red Ranger goes to another world. <laughs> there, yeah, there, it was, a lot it of was solid. Isekai. I, I liked it. I mean, I think the Valley had some good some good books out at the time. I think, from what I understand, that's kind of dwindled away now. I believe they're at the point where they're only publishing a couple of titles. I think that they're almost I about to... I still see Faith on store shelves from time to time. I don't know yeah. what else is still being sold. Yeah, I don't... I think, they got, I think Bloodshot, ironically, got a boost from that terrible movie that came out before the pandemic. Oh, but, wow. Uh, I, don't th I don't see Bloodshot much anymore. Yeah, and if you'd like to see Bloodshot, check out our commentary track in the Bloodshot movie. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, interesting. <laughs> That's not the word I would use for it. It was a thing. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so let's get into Quantum and Woody. Uh, I'll say, like we mentioned a bit beforehand, uh, Quantum and Woody originally created by uh, writer Christopher Priest and artist M.D. Bright. Right. Yeah, and now this one is Asmus. Uh, Fowler and Bel Air. And we start off kind of as we mean to go on with some all right, if kind of outdated humor, because I'm pretty sure this starts with an Antoine Dodson reference. If you don't, those, those don't remember Antoine Dodson by name, he was the uh, hide your kids, hide your wife guy. Oh, 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as we start out yeah. in media's res with Quantum and Woody just exploding out of a fucking building as they're yelling down. It's like, it's like, hey, everybody get out of the way. And then Woody's just, or stay in the way and let us fall on you. Which very yeah, immediately the, sets the next, up the, the next page says, are these people actually heroes or are they just dangerous overgrown children? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, just yes. Uh, yeah, and kind of throughout this, we get a we get like flashbacks to them as kids because Quantum and Woody are foster brothers. Uh, Quantum, uh, aka Eric, he is he's black. Woody's white. Just get that out of the way right at the start. Yeah, but yeah, uh, the they, Anderson brothers. Yeah, the Anderson brothers. Uh, as yeah, the flashbacks mainly just set up set up like their backstory their relationship from the past and we're not super gonna go over those just because they don't like they add something to the character but not a lot to the overall story yeah and they also fall into the forced writing cliches that i was commenting on but i'll talk about that when we get closer to the end because honestly they don't really matter that much until the end yeah as we jump ahead we'll jump actually back to uh the inciting incident of the story where their dad uh, we see him like in his lab because he's a scientist, like just hurriedly transferring files, uh, sticking shit on the back of photos, uh, before running out and getting his uh, neck snapped by a massive man with the hammer and sickle carved into his face. Yeah. As we then get a, uh, as he then like gets on a call from to his boss, who just says like, "Hey, bring in the body," as his legacy is dangerous and sat like telling him to, like destroy his machinery. Uh, which is alternate alternative energy research, which we'll get into that as we get into the villain kind of uh, motivations, which I will say for the tone of the series, I really like the villain concept. Just the idea of the organization itself and their goals. Right. Yeah. Individual jokes within the group are hit or miss as is most jokes, but overall the joke of the group, I think works really well. You're talking about the whole um, the ERA, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I think the ERA works okay. really well. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, kind of playing up. Well, I guess should we explain? I guess it's not important. We, yet, we'll get there when we get there. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, Eric, all grown up and having gone military, I guess, uh, misunderstands a very poorly done joke. Apparently. Which ends up with him, like, beating the shit out of and tasing a dude who's just fucking around with his girlfriend. I don't get... I don't get what this was going for, because... Like, I don't fucking... Because, like, dude walks in, says, hey, give me all your fucking money or I'm going to shoot you. Doing, like, the finger gun in the jacket pocket thing. And then everyone's, like, yeah. mad at him. Yeah, I no, don't it's, get... That's uh, a shitty joke. <laughs> well, I mean, the... The punchline is, why did you beat up my boyfriend, you psycho? It's like, because he's walking into a place and acting like he's going to shoot it up to rob it. Yeah, it's, it, it, it just doesn't I don't land. Care what your, I don't care what your kinks are, lady. That's not something well, you do well, in public. Well, well, well I, will, I will say one thing. It, it's a bit of overkill. He could have either thrown the thing at his face or tasered him, but yet he did both. 
<laughs> so like, yeah, he, know, he did mean, both, then got him in an arm bar or something. It's a bit yeah, of like, overkill. <laughs> was he like the only one who heard this guy say, okay, stick him up and give you your money? I think so. Or, I, I, you know, yeah, I just, that's, what I, that's what I'm talking about with like the kind of lazy joke cliches, because that's uh, that, that's a, to quote Deb, a lot of the day and a lot of Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah, sorry, not meanwhile. Uh, as, soon as, he gets, as soon as he gets kicked out, he gets a call telling him about his dad's death. Hard cut to New York City. As we meet Woody, a man who pisses into bathtubs. And it's, yeah. I, yeah, it's a I character beat. Yeah, I, I gotta say, I think they did a pretty good job of telling us who this type of guy is in, like, the two pages that they introduce him in, in, the, in this. Like, like, I mean, you know, given the amount of, like... Uh, time like it took for us to like kind of like you know like <laughs> for them to tell like, like he's not only stealing money from folks he owes money around town he's yeah. known by the police like I think they, they actually dropped a lot of information about this character without actually having to go into too much within these panels like in these two pages like I, Bro, was, like, I think I they, actually I think they dropped the, yeah. I think they dropped everything we need to know about the character in the first three panels yeah yeah no it's great I just yeah. think that's that's a really good use of of story you know what i mean like oh yeah this this is way more efficient and i think like effective character uh character like building than the stuff they did with eric was yeah it's well i guess since eric is the straight man fuddy-duddy they had to like contrive a situation that would be funny with him yeah whereas woody's very existence plays into the type of humor these people want to tell us yeah woody Woody honestly kind of feels like what what Plastic Man would be like if he didn't have powers. <laughs> sure, like, and less charming. Yeah, less charming. But I feel like Plastic Man like half of his charm is the powers. Perhaps, but like like early Plastic Man, like they've since okay. developed him into being like you know a better character. Mm-hmm. But okay, on I paper, yeah. But yeah, so uh, yeah. Woody wakes up with a girl, uh, pisses in a toilet, and jumps at a fire escape as the hotel's like, hey, yeah, this is a credit card fraud. And I do kind of like as he's like going under the fire escape, it's like, good morning, New York. What do you got for me today? And he's like, shut the fuck up. It's afternoon. <laughs> I mean, that's just the New York. Experience. Yeah, that, that's just New York. <laughs> fuck, it could be any time of day and somebody would show up to piss in a knife wound. New York, you got to love it. It's the city of dreams. Yeah, as Woody pickpockets an asshole and is approached by the, and is immediately approached by people he owes money to and the cops to tell him about the yeah. you know, tell him about his dead dad. <laughs> just very quick succession, like just yeah. Th- these intro great, things great, move very quick. Great use of these two. Yeah, which is good because there's not much there's not much to these characters' backstories or their characterization, so you oh. might as well move through it quickly. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. Like, I think it's, you know, if this, the whole book was like him doing this shit, which, you know, he does shit throughout the rest of the book, but like, yeah. you know, it's more in, like him involved in like the current situation of the two characters, as opposed to like, this is just him being shitty. This isn't Spider-Man 2099. We're talking about <laughs> like this guy is, is shitty, but I actually like him by the end of this book. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what's strange is that even as much of an asshole as Woody is, I still get the sense that he might have more believable, likable qualities than Miguel O'Hara. Yeah, because like, because like, because like, chips are down. He will eventually do the right thing, 
but it'll just be like a long journey to get him there. Right. Because like even this like unprompted he does like take like bullets for people. Specifically Eric. Yeah. But yeah, uh get to the funeral and it goes about as well as it would be expected based on the characterization of the two as they immediately get into a fight. Because what he because what he just like wants to Woody is just like they're trying to like he's being a shithead because nobody invited him to the funeral. And then Eric is just being a shithead back at him. I think the depiction of brothers being on the outs is actually done pretty well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, like, like like I'm saying, I I like it. Yeah. Like I'm being like overly like simplistic of it. This is a very decent dynamic that we've seen played out a hundred times. Like it's like adoptive brother stuff like this is very. It's a very like well trodden thing in stories that I'm not always the biggest fan of. Sure. Yeah, but but like these are the t- but the the mismatched brother cliche I am more okay with in this kind of story because they're playing it so silly. Yeah. And and not, I I don't want to talk about not, like the mismatched brother thing. I'm talking about like the uh, like the our dad died. Oh, excuse me, you mean my dad? Okay. Right. Yeah. That bothers me a little but not as much as the stuff about the dad himself but we'll get to that yeah no yeah they get into a big old fight and get arrested as they fight into someone else's funeral <laughs> i do yeah. like that bit yeah yeah i do and also like i do like the the fact that like you can like it they have very distinct like personalities that are different from one another as well like like i think like it's it's not just that they're they're brothers and like they're kind of the same in that sense they're actually they're oh no they are they are so different yeah which i think again like even in this scene going into it like i feel like he covered a lot of ground with like developing these characters in this first issue which like seemed kind of like you know what I mean? Like, like kind of flawlessly, I thought. Like, I mean, like it's. It, I do. I I like the setup of these guys in this issue more than like even what kind of comes after. Yeah, like, like th- this setup is moving at like a breakneck pace, and they are doing a fairly solid job actually, like making it all like still track. Because yeah. you always like run into the worry when when you're going like this quick that something gets lost in translation. Yeah, but with this, they've managed to actually make it pretty solid of like getting like the getting like a very like getting a very solid image of these two guys in your head in like what 12 pages yeah, yeah no, I, by the end of the again credit for like you guys have basically said the same thing credit that the first issue basically told me everything i needed to know about these characters and their dynamic and their backstory yeah and i think it's kind of the world we're in yeah and i think that i do actually appreciate with this um I don't even appreciate it. Just a thing that I'm surprised they managed to do pretty well is with the like the how like these like just black text boxes in between panels that do a decent yeah. job of like either telling a joke or setting up a thing for going forward or just like time skip and stuff. It is just a very it's very economical use of page space. Yeah, I, I think the credit for that has to go to Christopher Priest, though, because I think that he also did that kind of shit in his Black Panther run. I think that's like I think he did that in the original run, too, if I'm not mistaken. Like, uh-huh. I, I think I think I think that's an element that he kind of does more so, I think, yeah. than anything, which I think yeah, that he's, just, a, he's just copying, I, but it works well. It works well. Yeah, you, you, so, can, you can copy stuff Priest, poorly. Yeah, I mean, but Christopher Priest is a very talented writer who just unfortunately keeps getting overshadowed by the people he works after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've talked about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So 
they fight through a funeral and get arrested. As we are then introduced to our next uh, primary character for this volume, uh, Detective Sejudo? Sejudo. Sejudo. Okay, Detective Sejudo. Uh, who basically... Hates se- them. Yeah, hates them and also thinks they may or may not be the people responsible. Yep. Yeah, as they both kind of go their separate ways uh, while both believing that that something more is going on to this. Because like they I don't think they were told like how their dad died. I think it was just kind of yeah, he's dead. No, no, they were just told your dad's dead, but the the moment they're pulled in by the cops because they think their dad because they think something happened to their dad, then they're like, "Oh, yeah, something happened to our dad." Okay. Well, they got pulled in by the cops for being for throwing each for throwing each other into a casket. Yeah, so that but that that pulled them in, but the moment they started asking questions about how yeah, their that's father what it died. Was. Yeah. That's like, "Huh. Well, uh well, that's not suspicious." Yeah. And then we also like get both of them like with their different plans with uh Woody with Woody just literally walking up to the front door. Let's <laughs> be like, "Hey, I'm Derek Henderson's son. I'm here to pick up a shit." <laughs> and then goes Hello, to criminals. Where are your crimes? Yeah, and then goes to chloroform a dude and fucks it up super hard. <laughs> Apparently, pulling out a jizz rag. Yeah, something like that. That, that seems like Woody. Yeah, he, yeah, he pulls out he pulls out the thing to go to, like to go to, like a. You chloroform a dude, and he's like, "Oh, crusty <laughs> rag, definitely the wrong one." Oh, fuck. Maybe, yeah, maybe I grabbed the wrong rag. <laughs> yeah, but luckily, Eric had a similar idea, and is there to tase the guard and get him out of there. And we also learned that Woody is also amazing at impressions, which it's such it's such a like very again like very economical storytelling of just like telling, of, like giving these guys skills beyond their powers in just a very very quick way. Yeah, well, listen, a guy like Woody would be very crafty and able to maneuver in a lot of situations no. that Eric wouldn't be because of the way that the fact that he's kind of like a con man and shit like that. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, no, yeah. if, you were, if you were crafting this character in like Pathfinder, he would be high charisma, very low interviz. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel like they'd both be pretty low whiz. Oh, yeah, no. Eric is book smart, but he's in many ways is just as dumb as Springer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. Yeah, they begin like investigating the dad's lab and find a little SD card with like just a bunch of information about the uh, experiments he was working on. As then, uh, both of them through their own stupidity end up accidentally triggering an energy experiment that locks them inside the room. There is only a single like hazmat suit to keep him safe as as Eric is like is like, hey man, like you take the suit. I just want to let you know that I always always loved you, but and he's interrupted <laughs> like, oh well thanks, dude. I'm got it. He's like, oh you fucker. Just begin fighting over part. the suit. Yeah, but that, that that's the the best part about all that is that of course you can see it kind of leading to this is that during that fight they, they ripped the suit apart, leaving both of them without a suit. Yeah, both is- without a suit and both of them with one bracelet, which is important going forward. Sure. Yeah. yeah as is kind of made clear by the cover of the book. Yeah. Yeah. As uh, the machine then just explodes, uh, leaving both of them alive but naked and also dissolving. As a detective, is, as detective Zahudo yeah, is there like, to immediately arrest them for the murder of their dad. Yeah, 
This is a solid first issue. This is a really good first issue, actually. Like, I, I can't see if you had picked this up, like you said, outside of the humor, why you may not want to be want to see what happens next after this first issue. I think it's it is it's a pretty it's a pretty good as far as first issues go. Oh, yeah. Like like tone setting, character setting, world setting. It does a very good job of like setting that stuff up in a fairly short issue. Well paced, like really, very well paced. Yeah, it's like it, yeah. it's like it's just like the standard twenty-two pages. I think it's not. It can't be longer than that. Yeah, it can't it can't be longer than that, but it feels way shorter. Yeah, but it doesn't feel like you're missing anything. Like, like, like how many fucking issues do we get of like? All right, here is a full length thing. We have about yeah. ten pages of story. We're filling twenty-two. I've seen them do oversized first issues sometimes of new series, yeah. and you still don't feel like you got enough information out of them. Yeah, or right? just like, like the, this. <laughs> or just the endless splash pages that have nothing on them except one or two images, and oftentimes it's not all that interesting. <laughs> yeah, this no splash pages, no like ridiculous like laying out, uh, like no ridiculous layout, uh, just very simple but effective panel layouts that tell the story exactly as it needs to be told. Nothing more, yeah. nothing less. It's just, it's just fucking rock solid. Yeah, I'm. Yeah. I'm not invested in the characters yet, just because of the types of characters they are. But I'm at least yeah. intrigued enough with the story to keep reading by this first issue. That's probably the biggest compliment I can give it. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I can't. I. I yeah, I can't fault you on that. Like you said, whether you're into these guys or not, you're kind of just like, oh, okay, I'm interested to see what happens next. And I think that's. That's the best thing you could say about a first issue, honestly. Uh, yeah. In that regard. Yeah. yeah. The, I, the number of big, big two books that their first issue, which is supposed to draw people in, I'm just like, I do not care. <laughs> yeah. I'd also really like, uh, I, I try to mention this at the top of the thing, but I really want to call out uh, Ryan Sook, the cover artist. Oh, sure. Oh, the covers are great. Yeah. It's the covers, great, the yeah. covers are absolutely fantastic. Like they, the, yeah. they are drawn in a much like more, What's what's the term I'm looking for? Like realistic style than the rest of the book? Yeah. Like, yeah. They're yeah. aiming for more realism in the proportions and the features of the characters rather than just the cartoony look. Yeah, but but they the Yeah, but they like play into the tone so fucking well. Oh yeah, no, I mean if you just look at Woody's face on the cover and you're like, okay, I kinda know what character this is, and then you see the goat, it's like, okay, I kinda know what story this is. Yeah, absolutely. Like, this is Ryan Sook did a fantastic job with these covers. Uh, I don't know who did the coloring. I'm assuming Bel Air. Oh yeah, Jordy Bel Air. Yeah. Oh, on the covers. Yeah, on the oh, covers I, specifically. I, oh, okay, I'm not sure. Cover artist. It just says Ryan Sook. It doesn't say who the colorist is. I think Ryan Sook does his own colors a lot of the time. If I'm not mistaken. That's what I would suggest. Yeah. I think because nothing else in here suggests that there's a uh, a uh, colorist for the covers. Yeah. If that's true, that's even more impressive. <laughs> Yeah, he's good. Uh, he's one of those artists. I think like we don't see uh, you know, whenever he pops up on something, it's like a short-lived kind of um, run or you know like couple of issues. But he's 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 really good, Ryan Suck. Yeah, yeah. As uh, as again, we start out with a single page, just like flashing forward a bit of <laughs> of just like Woody sitting down and like describing the events what happened to him to a camera while drinking like scotch or something. Yeah. And then Eric comes in and is like, what the fuck are you doing, you dipshit? <laughs> As Woody's just like, dude, our story is so fucking cool. We're going to get people on our side. That way, people will come to pay us money for the rights for our story. <laughs> As we then get back into the story proper, Quan, uh, yeah, Eric and Woody, surrounded by cops, 
both just yeah. naked. This is this is my favorite line of the whole the whole trade. <laughs> when, he, when he's like, this crazy black man is a Muslim f- fundamentalist who he's trying <laughs> who to blow up to blow our up godless up white science. White science. He's he's like he did one of those Zeno war cries and declared a war on Christmas. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. If it wasn't that absurd, I would be offended by that joke. But it's he pushes it so far that okay, this is like a Looney Tunes joke at this point. Yeah this right. this feels honestly like very like late two thousands, early twenty tens like internet humor. Yeah, yeah. And, and like again, maybe, it, it's his brother. Maybe better saying, crafted like, than that. Oh, absolutely, absolutely that better humor. crafted. Yeah, yeah. But it's still that same kind of vibe of like like just hey, let me just scream out things that are mildly offensive. <laughs> and like again and it's coming from like the the place that like it's his brother like he, it's not him tr- trying to be like a racist guy but at the same time like he is black and he's white and like yeah he, he's kind of making these jokes like and, and like he calls him out for these type of jokes throughout the book too he's like what the fuck like, you can't say that like you know what I mean? like, it's I his mean, brother right <laughs> i referenced the worst one and we're getting to it eventually yeah yeah I don't know, but I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. That just made me laugh out loud. That one where he's just like, "I'm not with this guy." <laughs> I, I chuckled. Yeah, uh, it's it's which for this type of humor is probably a compliment that I at least chuckled at it, even if I didn't laugh that hard. But. Yeah, yeah. As the two of them just begin, as like the two of them just start beating the piss out of each other. As Woody accidentally blows up a cop car by firing a fucking beam of energy out of his fist. Okay, quick question on that. Yes. Um, so they obviously gave each of them the power that's based on their personality trait. Would it have been funnier if they gave them opposite ones? I don't think so. Okay. Because, because like, because like a flash forward a bit, Eric gets like energy shield powers. That would be way less interesting to have like the guy who's like completely self-centered be the guy with be the guy who could like shield himself. Because as like it also does kind of, it does kind of like also um, fit in with their personalities. Because like Woody is a lot more outgoing and like outwardly aggressive at sometimes. Because just because like his personality and Eric is a lot more about like the like, hey, I'm going to protect people. Like th- like thinking back to that first thing, like the reason he got in trouble in the first, like Eric got in trouble in the first place, was because he was trying to protect somebody. Yeah, no, the, the, I see the logic of it. I just. Yeah, I, it's I one just, of those. It works because it it obviously it's the matching the power to the characterization trait, and that works perfectly well as a standard trait. I was just curious if you thought it would maybe be funnier if they had opposite traits. But no, I, I, I no, guess, I feel I feel like with the setup they go in for these characters, having the selfish one get the selfish power wouldn't be as funny. Well, I wasn't even going to say the selfish one get the selfish power. I was just going to say. The chaotic one has the destructive power versus the more uh, the more cognizant of his surroundings one has the has the, the shielding power. But that that makes sense matching characterization trait to power. So if they had opposite traits, it would probably be less. It would make less sense, but potentially be funnier. But maybe not. Yeah. Oh yes, yeah, so the cops are shooting at him because they blew up a cop car. <laughs> yes. As you do. Yeah. As uh, Woody drags him behind cover and uh, their dicks touch for a bit, I guess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. 
as uh, neither of them is really like as neither of them like really understands what's happening and Woody accidentally blows up another cop car as their uh, bracelets touch together accidentally and they stabilize a bit more um, up until this point they've had like uh, like holes missing out of them or like just shit looked like transparent in them which you know that it, I don't know they, they don't really like with this setup at least they don't really like get into what that means I don't think they really get into what, like what that means to issue four. Yeah, they're they're a little fast and loose with the with the details on like their power set at least right now because it's not like they've had a chance to you know sit there and go over that as of yeah yet, no they, they've had shit happening some shit right right so like I can appreciate that where they're like yeah I don't really know what's going on right now but you know I'm just gonna try to get out of our current situation and then maybe we can figure this out right like so I I, I don't mind that so much but you're right they don't really get into it for the until like the end really of this trade yeah. Yeah, so well, once they hit that, um, Eric like goes out to try to surrender and immediately gets shot at, where he discovers he has the uh, energy shield powers. Yeah. And then he stops paying attention, lets it down, and gets shot for real. You know, <laughs> what they do. Uh, as uh, Cejudo, like tries to call in more backup, and the two of them peel out of there in a stolen car as Woody is just uh, singing. Is it the Duke's Hazard theme? Yeah, just singing the Dukes of Hazzard theme, lighting up cop cars with finger guns. Good old boys, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, as they get back to uh, their dad's place. The Henderson boys are about to destroy the police. <laughs> yeah, as they, uh, as they get back to the dad's place, uh, they find more hidden uh, like little data cards. Yeah. Uh, with one of them having... Um, information from their dad uh who brings who brings up the era specifically how they had um offered him effectively a research grant to let to let for like his uh for his research in an alternate energy and they he was going to get into more information about it but woody accidentally overwrote that memory card with his little thing about hey let's option off our fucking story right yeah, as as a, they're like, all right, we need to find out more information, but we are literally wanted criminals, and we can't. And Woody's like, we're not going to the fucking cops. We don't trust those people. Like our dad literally said so. So I have an idea. As we then cut over to our villains, and a woman in the middle of getting some very invasive surgery. Yeah, this fucking weird that character. Yeah, <laughs> like we saw her, like we saw her, like in issue one, but only for like a second, and now getting like a fuller look at her. Yeah, she looks terrifying. <laughs> she looks like a proto version of like that moisturized me woman from the first season of the new Doctor Who. Yeah, although it would have been, although this was long after that, I think. But it's yeah. it's. It's no less creepy, given the premise. Yeah, not at all. It is still creepy. Particularly once we learned her deal. Well, the best part about that is that's not even the creepiest idea they throw out in this book, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, no, it isn't. <laughs> which, <laughs> which is one of my other favorite things about this this uh, this talk. But yeah, go on. Yeah, honestly, I think that I, would, I would probably even enjoy the book more if it leads more into its creepy ideas rather than just the humor. Maybe the later issues do. I don't know. Yeah. 
as yeah, she's talking to um someone on a video call who's just berating her for having the Russian guy go and kill somebody, for having the Russian guy kill Henderson. And he's like, I have a name, you know? Fuck. As we then see the guy she was talking to on the phone, um, Johnny One and his twin brother, Johnny Two. As they are talking to the head of the lab where Derek Henderson worked. Uh, just trying to get their hands on his research. As they, you know, begin threatening him, he, like Johnny Two, uh, Johnny, yeah, Johnny Two, who has like, he's like, both of them look identical, but one of them is a bit more like withered and emaciated. And he's in a wheelchair hooked up to, like a bunch of different IVs and like uh, breathing tubes and stuff. In a like flying wheelchair. As then Quantum, big old superhero, breaks through the window. He's like, I'm here for justice. You can't run for justice. As then Woody barges in, no costume whatsoever. I kind of like his non costume costume. It's great. <laughs> yeah, that right? was one of the it's few awesome. jokes I did just laugh at, where he was just like, oh, you just- see that, stu- that stupid shit you're putting on? No, that took too much time, man. I'm just putting on a suit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he makes it look good. Like, he's just like, it's like, he's like, yeah, I, you know, look at me, cool guy here. Yeah. <laughs> like, with his he, shades and his suit. He kind of looks eye. like, he kind of looks like Booster Gold. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It works. It honestly, is it, it, it complements like I, the the fact that he's dressed up to the nines as like a superhero getup, yeah, and he thinks I he should... looks ridiculous. And what he's like, fuck all that noise. Let yeah, me... like, and, it, and it's great because um, and it's great because we like gold. Sorry, what was that? It's like it's just since you mentioned Booster Gold, just like I, I didn't read. Did you either of you read the the most recent Dan Jurgens, uh Ted Cord Blue Beetle and uh, Booster Gold book? I never did. Yeah, I did not. Blue and gold? No, no, yeah. I haven't. Actually, I believe that's drawn by Ryan Sook. <laughs> well, how about that shit? Oh, maybe that's maybe that's what I was thinking of. It's like this seems familiar for some reason. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so as they bust in, flashback, the entire costume thing was Woody's idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As he's as they kind of like reconcile the whole like uh, the whole like hey, he was my dad, not yours. Stop calling him that. Hmm. Uh, which that's nice a little bit, uh, but but it then is immediately undercut by the fact that Woody stole his I stole Der- uh, Eric's ID to break into his old workplace, steal a bunch of like tactical gear, mm-hmm. among is, other things. Among other things, as yeah, like the two of them finalize the plan in that flashback, go out to execute it, comes back in, and he's like, and Woody's like, yeah, no, I that shit looked way too gay. I'm not doing that. Twitchy then clarifies, I didn't mean gay in a derogatory way. My best friend, Gay Dave, you go clubbing with all the time. I didn't want to send the wrong signal out to the women. I like this follow-up to that joke. Yeah, because it's one of those things you've seen internet assholes do all the time, where they say something offensive and then try to pull it back, but then double down on, I wasn't trying to be offensive, bro. It's just, you know, I'm gay, but I don't like dudes. I mean, it's gay. It's just, I don't like dudes. I'm not gay. Yeah. But even that is follow up to it, where he's just like, yeah, "If I'm fine, fine with homosexuality, but incest, ugh. yeah." <laughs> he talks about the two brothers. He's like, "What the fuck, guys?" Yeah, Quantum assumes they're a couple, and he's like, "We're twins, goddamn it!" He's like, "Ugh, dude, what the fuck?" <laughs> I mean, given the language they used to describe each other, I get why Quantum made that mistake. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as as a uh, Johnny One 
turns out he has some kind of powers, either from tech or just natural powers, as he begins beating the shit out of Quantum. As Woody then does the kind of shitty thing, grabs the dude out of a wheelchair and threatens to throw him out a window. <laughs> just as then Quantum's like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? We're not throwing him out the goddamn window. As they then throw him face first into the pile of glass on the floor. Yeah, one of the jokes I liked while this was happening was that it's like, we're not going to throw the, you know, disabled person. Just say cripple. You were going to say cripple. I know you were. Yeah. It's like, no, I was going to say, uh, well, sickly. Sickly, sickly guy doesn't sound much better. <laughs> oh, that's better. Good for you. Yeah. As we then get into a weird amount of body horror. This is fucking nightmare fuel. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I like this idea. Straight, but it, the part of it I just don't like is the part they played for the joke, which was that they all have. Well, it, Dad, why don't you say what they are? Then I'll explain why I don't find this part. Yeah. Effective. Johnny Two hits a button on his hits a button on his watch as the CEO or whatever of the Quantum Labs begins running out, starts coughing, and then barfs up a tentacle that then explodes out into a bigger like spider monster body from him and then the door breaks in as apparently every single member of the executive floor was exposed to this chemical introduced into the water filtration system that turns them into the nightmare brigade a army of mutant spider clowns scary spider clad clowns with needles it's like where are the needles? I'm sorry mouth. I asked. Yeah. Can't end it up with one last joke where Eric's like, oh, God, did I piss myself? And what he's like, no, nah, the guy in the wheelchair poured his catheter on you. Yeah. This this was frightening, and I got to give it up to Tom Fowler for actually bringing this to life. This idea. Oh, yeah, this it's was like, this is fucking nightmare is- fuel. Yeah, like he did a really good job of depicting whatever the fuck this thing is because I was just like, you know, and they explained it more at the start of the next issue, like how they came up with this idea. It just basically is a bunch of frightening things like like people are scared of the most, right? Which like, you know, that's an awesome idea. I, I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and it's fucking great. It's just it's just Woody just immediately just like, oh, no, don't touch me. <laughs> And Quantum's like trying to hold it together, but he's like, why the fuck did you intentionally make these? Yeah. And he, and he does like ask like, like, are all fucking scientists like fucking life ruining nightmare assholes like you? And then Johnny's like, about 83% of them are. <laughs> uh, as they kind of, as they kind of like, a, as a Johnny one like realizes like, oh yeah, the bracelets, that's the power stuff. All right, fucking give me those. As we then get to the beginning of issue one, as Quantum grabs Woody and flings them both out a fucking window. It's like, do you trust me? Not off your about to do something stupid! <laughs> yeah, as, uh, well, just land in the crowd of people, thankfully not landing on anybody. As a little girl with... Well, despite, um... Despite uh, Woody being Woody like, hey, saying, get in the way of us. No, yeah, aim for the fat guy. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Before we move on, I did also want to highlight another joke that I actually did that did land for me was when the um, one of the brothers was trying to talk to that Nightmare Brigade thing. He's like, do these things even understand English? <laughs> like, he's trying to like yell at stuff. Yeah. And he just like paused for a second. He's like, actually, are these things even understanding me right now? <laughs> yeah, he's he just like giving them like in like like intense direction like tear them apart, but don't swallow the bracelets and leave parts big enough to dissect. Can they fucking t- understand me? 
<laughs> yeah, no, I liked that. But yeah, sorry, go on. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. This is my only like real problem. This is my only like real panel in the art that I'm like, eh, maybe not. Uh, where like the little girl comes up and is like, hey, mister, are you a superhero? And she looks like E.T. <laughs> yeah, that, like, <laughs> it, they just couldn't. I guess the, the artist just couldn't figure out a way to draw the kid in a way that seemed excited and also innocent. Children looking. are hard. Yeah, Children or, or there was just like a deadline. Yeah. yeah. He's like, oh, fuck, I'm behind. Fuck it. I'll trace E.T. <laughs> yeah, uh, as the two of them uh, run down an alley uh, and manage to evade the cops by convincing a homeless guy to not turn them in by agreeing to hand over uh, Quantum's cape and various accoutrements. Honestly, I li- I liked this bum. Yeah, he's he's a solid guy. It's, like, <laughs> it's also great. Like as he's going, it's like he's like, "Here you go, man. You sure can't offer anything else." He's like, "No, but thank you, magical black man." <laughs> Oh, yeah, because that opens up the conversation about how he knew it was like he was black under there, right? Like, yeah. Come, yeah. 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 As Johnny 1 and Johnny and 2. What's sad, that's the only part I agree with Woody on. <laughs> yeah. Well, as Johnny 1 and Johnny 2 uh, head out of the building, um, imploding the floor they were on. And Johnny 1 being like, yeah, those clowns fucking freak me out. Success. <laughs> yeah. As they get to, as we go, as we cut to Crosstown. Where uh, Con, where Eric and Woody are uh, crashing at a crashing at the apartment of a girl that Woody occasionally hooks up with. <laughs> oh, Dan, you yep. know, I just realized that uh, this series reminds me of, and why I probably was chuckling at it despite myself. Why is that? Destroy all humans. Kinda. They have a similar tone. A very similar tone. Uh. Honestly, kind of a similar relationship between like a uh, crypto and uh, uh, yeah, crypto and Pox between Quantum and Woody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you ever play the Stroll Human games, Nico? Nope. They're not bad. Hmm. They're a bit dated. They're very simple, but they're fun. Yeah. And they have been remastered. Um, I will say, just for point of clarification, I was given uh, review codes for both the games and. Uh, and uh, the review code I got for number two uh, gave me a download of the game that can't run on my computer for some fucking reason. Oh. I haven't tried my Steam copy of the second one yet. I've tried the first remake of the, the second one. But yeah, anyway, yeah, and so this opens up uh, with a conversation of like, hey, how'd that guy know I was black? He's like, yeah, you sound black. But I don't talk black. Yeah, but you don't have to talk black to sound like a black guy. Either. Yeah, he brings up Panthro from Thundercats. <laughs> Just being like, so like, yeah, like, it's like, yeah, he's a cat person, but you know he's a black guy. Yeah, and he was badass. <laughs> Which was really funny, given this came out in 2013, because just like two years prior, they had done a a brief run Thundercats reboot. Yeah, where. Panther was played by Kevin Michael Richardson, one of the more famous. I do a whole lot of roles, black actors. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, it's always weird when I like remember, like, oh yeah, he was the Joker for a while. Mm-hmm. In one of the weirdest I mean, and like most physically competent Jokers I think I've ever seen portrayed on television. Yep. Despite the fact that everyone hated that show, despite it not being that bad. Yeah, it was a fine show. 
it was just weird how a lot of the characters sounded like they were like their voices were sounded like ten years too young for their character. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, this is also where we learned that um, Woody at one point uh, had to impersonate <laughs> had to impersonate uh, Eric for a thing. At which point we learned that he had to he wore blackface. <laughs> no, he wore makeup designed to match his skin complexion. <laughs> <laughs> As a disguise was his excuse. <laughs> yeah. He's like, that's fucking blackface. <laughs> He's like, no. <laughs> and then he went on to explain all of this very specific makeup things that have to go into a blackface performance on screen. I'm like, how do you know that, Woody? Well, he was technically raised by a black family a bit. <laughs> so that might have been a thing to know. But yeah, and then they get back into shitting on each other about the, about the relationship with their dad and act, and then blow up the apartment <laughs> before going their separate ways. Yeah. Meanwhile, we learn what that guy did with the, with a Quantum's cape. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah that, no, this joke brought me back after the blackface joke. I was like, oh, thank God, that's funny. Yeah, that whole bit was like real weird. It's like, I just, I've always wanted the cape, but she's like, to do what? It's like, I'm king of the world. Just running down, just driving down a hill on a fucking shopping cart. <laughs> yeah, as uh, the guy Woody owes money to, calls up Detective Cejudo, and just gives her all of his, like, credit cards and fake IDs. Just to track him. As, uh, yeah, as, uh, Eric gears up and heads out uh to uh go fi- to go find uh Johnny 1 and Johnny 2 because he had slipped a tracking device into uh the guy's medical devices which given the history of what they are it's weird that they didn't check for that you know when we get to that point mm-hmm. uh meanwhile Woody uh realizes he's kind of dissolving but then a woman shows up at his door and is like hell yeah we going fuck and he immediately gets got. I like his insistence yeah. when he and was trying to get the rub and tug about the actual massage being part of it. Yeah. <laughs> like, Look, I don't just want to have sex. I also want a massage. <laughs> yeah, it needs to be a package deal here. Look, I'm like, dissolving. Can, I'll can, call you back. I can also really use the massage, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a good massage is great, but. The... Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And this is also where we're just where it's 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 discovered that Sahudo is a cop not for the police but for the bad guys because yeah. those are certainly not SWAT officers. That, that yeah, for the her. crone. Yeah. As they meet the crone and her cavalcade of people uh, in Edison's radical acquisitions. Yeah. Is that also? Uh, is it just right after that page? I'm trying to remember where they have the cover. Uh, where her, referencing the Doctor Who thing you were talking about with her face. Uh, yeah, that's going into issue four. Okay. Really Ooh, cool idea this, for, for this villain's group. I oh, think. yeah. Like, this really, might yeah, be yeah. my favorite thing in the entire fucking story. Yeah. Yeah. Playing yeah. up a kind of uh, exaggerated aspect of history to cartoonish degree, which I'm always a fond, fond of. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. They get a bit more into it next issue, which, but we'll just explain it here because she also, because the crone also explains it a bit here, where Edison, Thomas Edison, you know, the guy who invented the incandescent light bulb and who people uh, well, invented. For the sake of this story, you might as well put quotation marks around invented. The but, guy uh, who patented the incandescent light bulb. 
Yes. <laughs> yeah, just playing up like the internet's idea of what Edison was, which was just a shithead who was very good at stealing other people's invention and patenting them under his own name. Mm. All for the purpose of all the purpose of like this group at least was founded by Edison and his like and his like like people who thought like him to control the um control like release the development of, yeah, the, the control the release like the, of technology yeah they release an advancement of technology to the wider masses as it starts out with a group of uh nerds well, a couple of nerds who invented a wormhole using a cell phone charger a reverse polarity alternator and a vibrator uh. and like Again, like that alone is 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 awesome, is great. But then, like, also you got the whole idea that this woman just like continuously can replace her face, which is kind of fucked up. <laughs> like she because she has yeah. this whole, like yeah. Well, I mean, so, like the, the, this is kind of jumping ahead a bit, but this last issue is not very plot heavy. It's mostly just set pieces. But it's revealed that what makes her as evil as she is is that she makes infinite clones. Essentially, as spare parts. Yeah, mm. yeah, and so yeah, so they take those kids off to be like dissected and experimented on. As we also have, she also has a Woody tied up in an incandescent light bulb. I I would also add, if you guys like these villains, then it might be worth checking out for anybody out there that liked the villains in this uh, in this first trade of Quantum and Woody. There's very similar type of p- the villains, like um, more like religious sect based people uh like extremists though like which ridiculous kind of religion religions in um archer and armstrong as well like there's a there's a lot of that that's a that's a that's a that's redundant that's redundant (laughs) (laughs) but um tish moving on (laughs) uh yeah so uh quantum also gets there and then sees the literal army out there and it's like well fuck oh no he doesn't actually see them i just i just i I misread that entire situation. He's running yeah, upstairs. No, he's like, everything's finally coming up, Woody. And as he cuts to the army outside. Yeah, with missile launchers, fucking attack boats, just hundreds of people. It's awful situation. As we is then it, move is in. Isn't it weird now that despite the fact he's a black man, I now just see Quantum as the millhouse of this story? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yep. Everything's coming up, Thrill Ho. Yeah, moving on to issue four, as Quantum, the special forces guy who was able to, uh, who's like, has all kinds of training and stuff, uh, falling through a fucking window. He's like, I don't worry, I'll get in there. I can disarm an yeah, IUD. This is a problem. Ah, the shit. Jokes, the joke from that, the seagulls were judging him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, as he falls into just their experiment chamber, where just a bunch of shit is locked up in cages. And... We now get uh, more of a look at a bunch of the different uh, members of the ERA, uh, including um, Hazmat, spelled H-A-Z-M-A-T-T, and Betamax. <laughs> just very, you, you know, just just for the joke of everyone loves Betamax. <laughs> also for the joke of just puns made with just normal ass names. Mm-hmm. Yes, because their names are just Max and Matthew. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you've uh, been watching uh, like Car at all, Dan, where he's been reviewing this DC series where uh, it's basically round robin writers where they change the writer 
every issue without telling them anything about the story, so they just have to guess what the story is. Oh, so it's just like a beautiful corpse? Yes, basically. And um, in the first issue, Batman's plot is set up by the Riddler sending him a Betamax uh, <laughs> tape. And he's like, thank God, stop that blasted VHS. <laughs> Was that okay? So was that was that at a time where they were like, was that like released when they were still like debating or like the fucking? Yes, that was at the time where like Betamax was technically the better technology, but it was far less widely adopted. But it was still available. Okay, because I was wondering, like, okay, is that like an anachronistic clue or something? No, no, this was like this was like right before. This, this is right um, when that was like would have been relevant. Yeah, this was right before Crisis on Infinite Earth, so late eighties. So okay. Betamax was just becoming a thing. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, here, Betamax uh, kind of like shows off the film that he cut together, uh, explaining the history of the RA. But then the tape begins melting as he overheats, <laughs> which is great. It's like, well, he was the first person to successfully graft cybernetic uh, parts of human tissue, albeit that was in the eighties, so he could use an upgrade. But still. <laughs> So he's still operating on uh, Apple One technology. <laughs> uh, as yeah, when they get the back, when they get the backstory of the crone who perfected uh, human cloning back in like the 30s, uh, and then was approached by the Nazis. And we also we also got like a really there's a really great panel just going over like the joke of like advanced cloning. Where it's like, yeah, I can accelerate their bodily age. I can't really do it to their minds. I just see like a massive clone with a tiny baby head. I'm a master waste. I'm a master waste. It's great. Hitler is my father. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> yep. Yep. And yeah, we then get we then get that she has been cloning herself over and over again for decades and effectively living forever using the body parts of her clones. Yeah. We also see like the majority of her clones are just her but bald and still white and then uh, and then like for clones sending out into the world she apparently infuses other types of DNA into it because we do have an Asian clone and Detective Cejudo mm -hmm. yeah as Quantum's breaking in uh, continuing his stealth mission going shockingly well as he then goes into a room full of clones and sees Woody on the security monitors and he just starts swearing to himself As all the geniuses are tearing apart Woody, trying to like figure out what makes him tick, uh, Quant, uh, Eric had released all of their experiments, who then began just like going fucking crazy, attacking everything. As and my favorite is both literally and metaphorically the goat. Yeah, as is like as Quantum just which is the joke from Faulty not Faulty Tower, uh, Holy Grail. <laughs> yeah, as Quantum. Bust in. It's like, all right, fuckers, I'm getting my brother back and we're getting out of here. And then he just kind of looks back and there's just a goat standing there and everyone starts screaming. He's like, oh my God, it's loose. And, and correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think it's addressed in this first trade that we're covering here, but eventually the mind of their father goes in that goat. Does it not? Like, I think uh, at this, I have not read beyond this trade. So I, I believe at this point, it's, I believe like, it's not just like at some point the mind goes in. It's always been the mind of the dad. Right, but they don't know it yet in this trade. No, they, they do not know right. it, and we do not know it. It's just there's a goat who is a fucking menace. Right, but I think that comes that comes later, right? I believe like, that comes that, later. That, yeah. Okay. No, I just I 
I, I thought that was the case. Like, for whatever reason, when I was reading this, I'm like, isn't that their dad? Like, I, I for whatever reason, I remembered that. Like, I think because I read some, some yeah. other issues at some point. Yeah, yeah the okay, goat is right. their dad. I don't think we, the audience, learned that until, like, volume three, yeah, maybe? That, yeah, that is okay. not made clear in this first volume. Uh, but even without that knowledge, I still love the goat. Yeah, sure. the goat's sure. great. Yeah, and it's, it's great because, like, he's like, oh, Jesus Christ, the goat. It's like, I feel like you guys are mocking me. And the goat just dives forward, and we don't see what it does. We just see splatters of yeah. blood everywhere. But again, that's why I said it's the it's the Holy Grail joke. It's like Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. reminds me also of Invader Zim, where it was a room with a moose. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the same basic idea of the joke, but it's still less fun. Yeah, yeah, just just here is an innocuous creature. Oh God. Yeah, exactly. It is the goat. Yeah, as. Eric begins diving towards Woody, trying to get him out of the bulb. And the Russian guy, who, do we ever learn his name? No, we also, but we do learn their gender. It's <laughs> <sighs> great. Yeah, as he, as uh, as Eric then, you know, using all of his fucking martial arts training, because he is actually an effective martial artist, just kicks the shit out of him. Then. Is it of them? I don't, I don't remember that. Yeah. It's a woman. Huh. They actually say it, but we find the issue, the the specific wording. But it's akin to, uh, it's fine, it's so I can say it clearly. Um, yeah, as you're doing that, I will just keep going. Uh, yeah, so uh, he manages to break Woody out, and they clang the bracelets, and they are good to go. As they then do the Quantum Woody thing of Eric shielding and Quantum bla- and Woody blasting. Just going as hard as fast as they can. As they're as they're heading out of there, um, Detective Cejudo is firing back, trying to fucking just get out of there alive as the crone's like, hey, you know what? Fuck you. Take the suicide bomb. Go do it. Goodbye. And they call her a scrote neck. <laughs> they call, yeah, 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 yeah. As yeah, as she's like, all right, I gotta get out of here, my clones doing the suicide bomb thing i'll be good why is my chair glowing oh christ <laughs> as is yeah uh they, they like blow up her chair call her scrote neck and threat and uh get some backstory i guess of hey your dad killed himself which no right you didn't i mean that they basically undercut it as well under the same in the same scene because they say, "Oh, we killed him before the thing he took to kill himself took effect, so he wouldn't his brain wouldn't melt." So it's one of those twists that ultimately doesn't matter because it comes to the same thing. Like yeah. y'all were hunting him, he tried to kill himself so that you wouldn't get to him, but you killed him first, so he didn't kill himself. Yeah. Oh, and also, I found the thing. Uh, yeah, like as the, as they are talking like in this bit, um, talking about like uh, the Soviet, uh, as like she broke his neck and then mm-hmm. it's like, wait, she was a woman. It's like surgically and hormonally altered to infiltrate an all male Russian think tank, but all women where it counts. Yeah, I knew I knew that had come up. I just couldn't remember. <laughs> I completely forgot that. Yeah, and then I, I thought you were. I actually thought you were like holding it off for the joke. I didn't realize you just didn't remember. Yeah, I just didn't remember it. <laughs> and then and then quantum like. Was it a hate crime when I tased her? Oh, fuck. I called her a bitch, too. 
<laughs> just immediately. And yeah, so uh, Woody manages to uh, save him from one of her like chair scalpels, stabbing him in the back, which then ricochets off Eric's field and goes into her and goes into uh, the crone's chest, immediately impaling her. As Woody pulls it out, uh, accidentally pulling out a bunch of stitches that cause her to just completely fall apart. Yeah, and also uh, right on top of that, I thought it was actually linked to her, but it was just, I guess, the goat being a dick. Yeah, the goat but, was just an uh, asshole. Yeah, the the I love this panel of the goat having a message in his uh, in his mouth saying, "Maybe we should just uninstall the self destruct." We're discussing it next meeting, and the goat has pressed it. Yeah, pressed the thing, and he's just and he's just goat. eating. He's just eating the thing. Uh, I, will, I will also say, I will say, we don't learn it in this. His name is Vincent Van Goat. Okay, that's a great name. That's a great pun name. Yeah, Woody named him that, obviously. That's fine. That's fine. Yep. As, Woody uh, has to do something good. Yep. As uh, every as everyone just like evacuates, we see the countdown going, and then Beta Max comes back and it's like, oh, finally, I turned off the fucking. Uh, I managed. I managed to put out the I fire. Got, I got the film repaired, guys. Now I can show you. Hello. Yeah, and then, and then the crone just melting is like quickly. Do you have rocket boosters? It's like no, but I have a fax machine that explodes. <laughs> it's great. It would have been funny if that fax machine allowed himself to fax his consciousness out of the. Yeah, that would have been great. <laughs> that would have been fantastic. Uh, but yeah, and then we get to the end as they all as they all got out, and we get some, I guess, catharsis for uh, Eric because. Throughout the flashbacks, it's kind of been the flashbacks told sequentially. Yeah. Of they got in trouble. They got in trouble at the principal's office. Then uh, Woody got in trouble for like just smoking and kind of being a shithead. So so uh, Derek, their dad, takes Woody out fishing, leaving Eric at home. And then Eric's like, oh, you, don't want to, you don't want to take me fishing. Well, I'll fucking show you. I have Woody's anarchist cookbook. And, accidentally, and then he actually blows up his school's like science lab. At which point, Woody just leaves. And here's where it all kind of comes into culmination, where where the reason Derek took Woody out fishing was to effectively try to, like, talk him into being a better kid. It's being like, Eric is the fucking best of us, man. Like, like Eric is Eric is the best. He's looking for, like, non-violent solutions. Why can't you do this, Woody? And then when the science yeah, lab blew and- up, Woody kind of- chose to be the better man and took credit for it because everyone knew what they would believe that Woody did it, not Eric. Yeah. So he took the key, took the fall, and disappeared. Yeah. And yes, yeah, so as that's all kind of um, like resolving itself. Self, uh, Eric comes realizations like, "Oh fuck! Right, we're still wanted for our dad's murder." But luckily, they escaped yeah, with. Uh, like, well, I hope I hope the clone chick who we just helped escape uh, may help with that. Yeah, and she's like, "Look, I'll I'll help put I'll help clean up your dad the charges for your dad's murder as long as you don't let on to the police that I'm illegal." It's like, why? Because you're Mexican? No, because I'm a clone, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> just bringing it back a little bit, like it. Uh, yeah, as Woody, as Quantum Woody, Vincent Van Gogh, and the clones sail off into the sunset uh, with with Quantum Woody, will return in in insecurity, insecurity, 
which is that like a Marvel joke? Had that been a thing established in Marvel yet? No, and I thought it would be a I thought that would be given the timing that would be a DC joke because uh injustice had just started happening around the same time. Yeah, that could be an, that could be an injustice joke. But anyway, yeah, that was Quantum Woody. Oh, a, I liked it. Yeah, it's it's a bit dated. Yeah, but the style of humor is very early Marvel for me, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. But I know when this came out, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, but it is a very, it's still a very like fun, lighthearted, and still decently paced. It's still like you know, very well put together superhero story. Yeah, no, I mean, there's nothing wrong with construction of it. I like the ERA as villains. I hope they're not completely gone, despite that blowing up thing. Usually, if you have a, a villainous organization like this, they have uh, other branches, so you can deal with that as well. But yeah. I don't know. Uh, I'm not a fan of the the twist reveal of, oh, Eric was wrong about his dad always uh, neglecting him for the bad kid Woody. It was just that Woody needed more attention because he was the bad kid and he kept talking up his son. Apparently he never told his son he was a good kid. Yeah, it's eh, it's a thing. It's unfortunately a thing. Yeah, I hate I that's a that's a cliche I'm not fond of is the oh, I had nothing but good things to say about my son. I just never mentioned them to him. Yeah. <laughs> my son is the best, but I'm not neglecting him. But yeah, it yeah, I I I enjoyed this. Yeah, no, yeah, I enjoyed I, it, and I'm, and I'm probably gonna, and I'm probably going to end up like actually going back and just like reading all of it because it's not that long. Yeah, it's, it's four volumes, and if they're all this long, it would only take a, a full of hours, honestly, to read the whole thing. Yeah, I will probably read the rest of it because, as I said, at the I don't know if this is still true, but at the time we announced it, this series was free, so I just collected the rest of it. I don't believe it's yeah. free anymore. There was also the, um, I think it was those few trades, and then also the crossover between Archer and Armstrong called The Delinquents, which I don't recall loving all that much, and I actually read both. I was reading Archer and Armstrong at the time, but it is part of, I think, uh, what makes up this uh, this run of Quantum and Woody at this time as well, is that is that crossover. But uh, but yeah, no, this was decent. I liked it. I think for a random pick, this worked out pretty well. I, I, I enjoyed yeah, it. Absolutely. Uh, if I knew the if I knew the volumes were four issues each, I would have maybe said, "Hey, let's do it. Let's do volume two as well." Right. Yeah, I would have been okay with that. But eh, we got what we got, and what we got yeah. was pretty good. Yeah. But yeah. So uh, thank you for joining us for this. Uh, we'll be back in about a month uh, with our next thing, where we're going to be going uh, back and taking a very small look back at the new fifty two. Uh, are we going to mention, should we mention what we're going to be reading or as a teaser or not? Uh, nah, we'll say that for a surprise. We'll, we'll say, uh, I will say, uh, this is the one teaser I will say for that. We are going to be looking at the good parts of the new 52. Yeah. Specifically, we're going to be looking at books that we remember enjoying and they're probably not the ones you're thinking of. No. No. If you're yeah. expecting <laughs> Justice League to come up aside from a ha ha, you suck, then, uh, Sorry. Yeah. But anyway, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, next week, Titans, Season 4. We finally polishing off that turd.
Uh, yep. Uh, and yeah, we're totally not re-recording the first episode because I accidentally deleted the footage. Yeah, second, second dead verse, same as the first. Hell yeah, baby. We just loved it so much. We want to talk about it again. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, until that stuff, I'm dead. And I'm not Blackface Birdie. I'm Nico. Hey, I'll see you guys next time. <laughs>